This is Colorful Commentary. So we are going to talk about all things Democratic primary, finally wrap up on the impeachment saga, talk about some of Trump's little off actions, and just covering some breaking news stories of the week, okay? So let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 10th commentary. We are in the double digits. This is super exciting. You know, I always talk like that when I'm excited. So I'm not even going to mention the uh, preppy voice, (laughs) but happy Black History Month. We covered it last episode, but you know, there can never be enough acknowledgement of Black people and our contributions and everything we've done um given that well you know everybody come from africa so black history month is in a way everybody's month um but of course we are specifically highlighting the achievements the talents the excellence of black people in america and beyond the diaspora beyond the continent just the whole world so i'm just so happy that we got another episode in february because it's just uh, it's almost my favorite month it reminds me I always go back to when Black Panther came out I think it was February 16th I don't know what that says about me that I remember the date and maybe I remember it wrong (laughs) but that was a moment I mean Black Panther was a absolute moment and when the trailer came out I'm like don't they usually do these superhero movies in the summer like that's messed up that they're doing Black Panther in the winter like who's gonna go see it oh 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 right Black History Month oh okay I was like I'm not I'm, I'm with y'all I'm with y'all <laughs> oh my gosh so I hope you all have been enjoying this beautiful February it's a leap year so we got 29 days instead of 28 which is always makes it just a little bit more special one more day of black girl magic and black boy joy can't hurt anybody so now moving on to the headlines and updates of these past few weeks we got a lot to roll through but i'm gonna go as quickly as i can um this is a little bit of it's almost old news but i think it's really important to cover just in case you haven't heard it which is senator mitt romney of utah in the impeachment vote that was held a few weeks ago he actually voted to convict trump now i'm sure you've heard that trump was um acquitted by the Republicans in the Senate um, despite the case that the Democrats made and Trump basically expected that vote to be on party lines he even wanted to try and get a few moderate Democrats to vote to acquit him Um, but he ended up being shocked as did the rest of us because if you remember last episode I was talking about um, Susan Collins and Mitt Romney voted to actually hear from witnesses, which would have been common sense, but of course didn't happen because <laughs> they wanted that impeachment trial to be over. Um, and but I didn't expect either of them to vote to convict him. Now she did not, but he, Mitt Romney, did. If that name sounds familiar, it's because in 2012 he ran against. Um, well, technically, yeah, it was. It would be 2011, but he ran against um, Barack Obama. Uh, as far as to try and unseat Barack Obama and not have him get his second term. He's not someone I agree with most of the time on politics, and I don't think that'll change, but he 
he has to be commended for what he did because this is the first time mind you there's only been three um impeachment excuse me this being the fourth impeachment trial in the history of the united states of america but this is the first time that there has been a bipartisan vote to convict the president of the united states in bill clinton's impeachment and in nixon's impeachment it went straight on party lines so the party opposite voted to convict and the party that was the same as the president voted to acquit so this is the first time that a senator from the same party as the president has voted to actually convict the president so of course that's a big deal and it's a big deal because it changes the narrative about the impeachment because trump can no longer say that the impeachment was a democratic witch hunt that the democrats were just after him because Romney stood up and said no this wasn't right and to quote him on his senate floor speech he said that POTUS delayed funds for an American ally at war with Russian invaders. POTUS's purpose was personal and political. Accordingly POTUS is guilty of an appalling abuse of public trust. What he did was not perfect. No it was a flagrant assault of our electoral rights. There's no question in my mind that were their names not Biden the president would never have done what he did. Were I to ignore the evidence that has been presented and disregard what I believe my oath and the Constitution demands of me for the sake of a partisan end, it would, I fear, expose my character to history's rebuke and the censor of my own conscience." End quote. So he basically put it all out there of why he did what he did and kudos to him for doing that. I, I respect if, if, and kudos, I mean, to the Republicans who voted to acquit, if that's really what they felt was right, then they'd did what they felt was right. I don't think that's necessarily how it all went down, but you know, it's over though. It's over. So now we won't have to start every episode with an impeachment update because it is finished. The saga has ended and I am so happy that it is at a close because my gosh, it gets exhausting and it gets like old at a certain point. So now of course, it's all about 2020 of gearing up for the election. I'm going to talk about a little bit of that later. But one thing I did want to cover is um, a major story in the news is Bill Barr, who is the country's attorney general, but is acting like Trump's personal attorney. Um, okay, so Roger Stone, just to give some backstory, was, uh, well, and is a close friend of the president. And he worked... I'm not sure if he worked in the campaign or just worked like alongside the campaign in like a shady role. But anyways, he had ties to Russia as every single person connected to Trump does. That's pretty consistent. They're usually white men and they have ties to Russia. Um, and so he's been charged on several accounts and convicted of several accounts. And so after the convictions come the sentencing. And so the sentencing is recommended by the Department of Justice because this is a federal case. And they had initially recommended that he receive seven to nine years in prison. And a few days ago, Bill Barr, the attorney general himself, intervened and lowered the sentencing recommendation for Roger Stone. After Trump tweeted that Roger Stone's sentencing was too extreme and unfair. So, uh, coincidence? I think not. 
Now, all four prosecutors that were originally on the case, they quit the case. And one of them even uh, quit the DOJ completely um, because there was actually no evidence given to why the recommendation was lowered. And obviously they had crafted, I think, I want to say like a six page recommendations on why they felt like their seven to nine years recommendation was appropriate uh, for the crimes committed. So to have all that work just undermined immediately and it, oh my gosh, it's just, this man is being convicted of lying to Congress, obstructing investigations and witness tampering. Those are not like playground crimes. These are serious things that need to be taken seriously. So basically we have an attorney general who is, the president's personal lawyer and is doing his bidding. So just be aware of that when you hear about federal cases um, because that can provide some important context. Now, any federal charge can be pardoned by the president. If it's state, like a district attorney, or something of that matter, the president can't pardon you. The governor would have to commute your sentence or, or you would have to be exonerated. But if you're federal prosecuted by the Department of Justice, then the president does have the power to pardon you. So after tweeting about Roger Stone and everything, which people still think that he's actually gonna fully pardon Roger Stone, but he did a whole sweep, and by he, I mean Trump, did a whole sweep of pardons. Here's just, here's just a few of the people he decided deserve to be pardoned. Former Illinois governor and failed apprentice contestant Rod Blagovich, who was convicted of fraud by bribery and perjury while trying to sell Barack Obama's Senate seat. Yep, I remember that dude. Anyways, moving on. Former owner of the San Francisco 49ers, Edward DePartalo, who was convicted of extortion and perjury. Yep, he definitely deserves to be set free. Mm -hmm. Former New York City Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick. Carrick pleaded guilty to perjury, ethics violations, and tax fraud after taking a bribe from an Israeli billionaire and lying about it. Junk bond billionaire Michael Milken. In 1989, Milken pleaded guilty to six felony charges for securities fraud and paid $600 million in fines. And Republican lobbyist David Safavian, who was convicted of obstruction of justice and perjury. So, you know, these these are the type of people that he felt like deserved to be pardoned. Basically white collar criminals. I'm not sure what he sees in them um, that deserves that. Actually, I, I think I am sure, but I, I just won't say it. I'm just, you know, let you take it where you'd like. <laughs> so moving on to another Trump pretty much disaster. And I would think would be something we can all agree on, even though I know it's not. And I know I say I think we should all agree on on things that I personally <laughs> agree with. So obviously, you know, there's a bias coming there. But I think you will agree with me okay so now trump is blowing up a national monument in arizona to build his border wall now i as much as i'm into politics and news and all this and trying to make sure i have all my facts right for you all as well as just being interested in it was under the false impression that the border wall was not happening that he didn't get the funding he needed that things didn't go down the right way he tried to do what well, he did claim an emergency status to try and use funds that would be used in cases of thunderstorms or tornadoes or earthquakes for the border wall which makes no sense but that's what he did and 
he I knew he was able to get some money from that but I didn't think he was actually building the border wall but quietly he has been building the border wall this entire time so this is a thing that's happening you all like it's happening right now and obviously the people who are most impacted are the people on the border and a lot of the peoples on the border are native peoples and obviously native peoples out of anyone in this country you know indigenous peoples and black people have absolutely just are on the same level and can completely understand the degradation that has come from America's leadership and so it just never seems to stop and this is just another example of that happening uh, oh my gosh he's blasting on the Oregon Pipe Cactus National Monument now the U.S. Border Patrol is saying that an environmental monitor will be present now you're blasting a national monument so I, I I'm confused because if I, what is that environmental monitor gonna say but um you're doing horrible things please stop or yeah you paid me good so i'm gonna be quiet now rep rahul grijalva an arizona democrat and chair of the house committee on natural resources said that he has zero faith <laughs> that the dhs environmental monitor will do anything to avoid mitigate or even point out some of the sacrilegious things that are occurring and will continue to occur given the way that they're proceeding and one of the sacrilegious things he's talking about is that the Tohono O'odham Nation have sacred burial sites right in the path of the planned site of the border wall. And they were told that things were going to be rearranged for them. They were going to go a different way. But of course, that's actually not what's happening. And they're going straight through straight through their spiritual sites and where they have their ancestors buried bones i mean my thing is if native americans feel like it's sacred then it's sacred like i don't need any justification i don't need to know what it is they are very connected to the earth i think certain people's god put here to show the rest of the world just certain values to uh keep close and the native americans be it north america south america they're so connected to the earth mother nature like it's just you feel that in the chanting and 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 their rituals so out of any peoples they're the ones that are trying to fight for our environmental protections and the fact that they're constantly being disrespected I take that personally and I don't appreciate it. So I am going to attach a petition where you can sign to let your displeasure be known. And once again, you can always reach out to your elected officials because they have to respond back to you. And if you're wondering, how can this happen? How can this be going on? How can he be building a border wall even though he hasn't had congressional approval to do so? Well, let me tell you. The expansion of the border wall under Trump has been made possible by a post 9-11 piece of legislation known as the Real ID Act, which grants DHS, aka the Department of Homeland Security, sweeping authority to waive existing laws in order to construct border barriers. And the Trump administration has used that act to waive dozens of laws from the Environmental Protection Act to the Endangered Species Act in order to push through new border wall construction. So that's our president's priority. Just in case you didn't know, now you know. They're draining water from a rare desert 
aquifer and they're drilling into the ground. Kido Bakido, I could be pronouncing that very wrong, probably am, Springs, is the only natural source of fresh water for miles around. And chances are it is going to be contaminated by all this work. So not only is it appalling in the actual morality of it all, it's hurting our environment. So double whammy for you there. Just in case you weren't already annoyed by that, hopefully that gets it across <laughs> now again in new news in uh, i posted on my on my instagram that it, it's justice served kinda because that's really how i feel about it um harvey weinstein has been convicted on two charges first degree criminal sex act and third degree rape that's a big deal obviously harvey weinstein was the center of the me too movement um if you don't know who he is, he's like a high, or he was a high level executive producer, owned his own production company. I mean, they said at the Oscars, and this is not, this is fact, he was thanked more times in Oscars acceptance speeches than God. I don't know what that tells you about Hollywood culture, but that's what it was. So he was a big deal. And basically, he used his power to be a predator against women and rape them, molest them, fondle them, grope them, just be an overall horrible human being. And so he's finally being taken to justice. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. Cause usually rich white men don't get held accountable for their wrongdoing. But at the same time, so much had to happen Ah, for us to get here several counts were thrown out so uh Mimi Halegi and Jessica Mann were the two women whose accusations actually resulted in conviction and Tarana Burke who's the founder of the Me Too movement but it got real 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 publicity around the whole Harvey Weinstein uh situation she quoted this she said that Harvey Weinstein operated with impunity and without remorse for decades in Hollywood Yet it still took years and millions of voices raised for one man to be held accountable by the justice system. So I think that kind of puts this whole ruling in context and why it's justice served, but not really in a satisfactory manner. Because it just always seems like it takes so much just to get the bare minimum of what we call justice in this country but that's the news he has been convicted he hasn't yet been sentenced he could get up to 29 years in prison he's 67 years old uh conveniently he's just started using a walker the man never used a walker before but uh right when he uh you know was going into trial all of a sudden he needed a walker now i deal with chronic illness myself so i'm not gonna call anybody a liar but it's convenient. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave that right there. <laughs> now, I said we were gonna talk about 2020, and I meant we were gonna talk about 2020, the Democratic primary. If you have not heard, the last debate 
well actually the last debate was tonight <laughs> it was 8 p.m in south carolina south carolina votes tomorrow uh on the primary so it'd be really interesting to see who wins the delegates in south carolina because south carolina is the first state that actually has a sizable black population the past states to have voted were iowa new hampshire and nevada so south carolina is kind of obviously it's the first state in the south um, and it's the first state with a sizable, as I said, African-American population. And everybody knows black vote is basically the backbone of the Democratic Party. So it's really anybody's game. Um, they're thinking Biden is going to come out stronger in South Carolina. But if he doesn't come out very strong in South Carolina, then I don't know how long he can continue to survive in this race because Bernie Sanders has won the last two. Uh, he won New Hampshire and then it was recently announced that he won the Nevada primary. Uh, I posted the breakdown on t my Twitter and Instagram account, but I'll read it out to you here. Sanders got 28% of the delegates. Warren got 19% of the delegates. Biden got 17%. Bloomberg got 13%. Buttigieg got 10% and Klobuchar got 5%. So as far as Elizabeth Warren's campaign, they're really happy about the 19% number. I mean, it's 11 points under Sanders and Sanders is doing very well, but they're also very um, encouraged by that number because she did extremely well at the Vegas debate. She absolutely read her competitors for filth, okay? She let them know what was what and what was not. <laughs> I'm going to attach a link to the video of her just tearing into everybody because it's absolutely beautiful she and klobuchar which are the two female candidates they took up the most airtime uh during the debate so that's really like it's a moment it's a feminist women power amazing moment so it's exciting and it's just really entertaining actually <laughs> to watch several of the things she said she really goes into Bloomberg, appropriately so. Um, and as I said, it's entertaining. So get some popcorn as you play the video. But um, coming into the primaries, it is, again, anybody's game at this point. Only 3% of the delegates have been awarded. And now what's coming up this week, technically next week, but within the next seven days is Super Tuesday. I wish I had effects so I could make that Super Tuesday, Super Tuesday, Super Tuesday. <laughs> and be extremely dramatic. Super Tuesday, if you don't know, you're about to know, which is Super Tuesday is when a whole bunch of states vote in their primary so this will all be democratic primaries um you can vote republican primary but i mean trump has the nomination basically nobody's gonna come up against him so this is all democrats so if most states you have to check your state's um rules some are different some are you can only vote in the democratic primary if you're a democrat a registered democrat some are you don't have to be a registered democrat you can be a republican you can be an independent you can be whatever you want and you can vote into the democratic primary but if you are a registered democrat make sure you go out on march 3rd and vote in super tuesday because you need to pick this is going to decide who gets the nomination, the Democratic nomination to run against Trump. And that's obviously for any Democrat, a big deal. So I'm going to read down the states. Again, it's going to be March 3rd. And if you live in one of these states, please go look up. All you have to do is put in your state's name and 
voting board. That's it. And you'll be able to look up and see your polling places. You can vote at any early voting polling places. You don't have to go to just one. So anyone in your district, basically, um, you can go vote at. And again, it's really important because who stands up against Trump is who could possibly win uh the presidency and so obviously that's important because if you're if you don't like trump and you want him out it's not that's not enough we have to have somebody who replaces him and is better if he's not going to do better himself so anyways this these are the states alabama arkansas california colorado maine massachusetts minnesota north carolina oklahoma tennessee texas utah vermont and virginia so if you're in any of those states March 3rd will be your Democratic primary. So please look that up, find where to go. And if you're not sure of who to vote for, then I have a resource for you, given that that's what I do is am a resource. I'm going to attach it in the link. I will specifically highlight it as far as for the Democratic primary. It's actually something that the Washington Post use. It's a quiz and it's actually I took it myself and it's really good it asks you 20 questions of how you feel on 20 different specific issues and based on whatever you vote it shows you which candidate is most in line with what you want and what you believe in so again if you're on the fence that's a good way to figure out who you actually are more in line with which is important so now on to the colorful comment of the episode of the 10th commentary since it's black history month i am dedicating my colorful comment to black excellence (sighs) 150 years ago today hiram rhodes revels was sworn in as the first black u.s senator he was a barber teacher preacher and chaplain he worked for compromise and racial equality and after his term he returned afterward to teaching so we salute you hiram rhodes revels and thank you for revolutionizing this country in your own small way also want to give a shout out to miss katherine johnson who from hidden figures if you didn't see the movie i'm sure you've still known her she's a mathematician who basically i'm not gonna say single-handedly because it was you know a whole conglomerate of people but who helped to get the first man on the moon she passed away two days ago at the age of 101 i mean that's what i talk about i mean when i think of a life well lived Katherine Johnson is who my mind is going towards. So rest easy, queen. We thank you and we salute you. And finally, on the website, on the blog, colorfulcommentary.com is going to be a post on Representative Ayanna Presley. She's just so inspiring, so fly, so amazing, so brilliant, so just like boss levels that I felt a whole post was dedicated to her if you don't already know she's dealing with alopecia and she's known for her signature senegalese twists but now she's rocking her dora milage balds beautiful just looking fierce and regal so that was a major transition for her it's so powerful to see a bald black woman in the halls of congress doing things and getting things done oh it gives me such peace i know the ancestors are dancing and i thank you for enjoying 
I pray you enjoyed it our 10th commentary thank you so much for being a part of the colorful community as always please check out www.colorfulcommentary.com please follow me on twitter and facebook at colorful pod and on instagram and pinterest at colorful commentary that's where you can get more of the day-to-day news updates and so we can keep in touch and make yourself known because again this community is nothing without your color to make it colorful so thank you I love you all. Stay colorful.